Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Lumineers Quest podcast, where we talk everything Lorcana. I'm Zach. And I'm Jacob. And thanks for coming on this journey with us. Okay, opening day. The Inklands have arrived. Or did we arrive at the Inklands? We arrived at the Inklands, because we're going into the Inklands. Oh, there we go. That's a good start. I like that. Which hopefully is a good like segue into the, the set. Maybe not segue, but a good transition into the set. Want it to be a good set. I mean, I think, I think it's working out. It's like, off to a good start, for sure. I mean, I think I think this is the chapter of of big changes. I think is so far, yeah. I mean, I I have a little bit to talk about on Pixelborn and stuff for my early impressions on that. Um, early, early impressions. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, we're getting there. So, anyways, yeah, this is our third season. We're kicking off season three now. I, we're here. We That's have arrived. insane. Um, so now it's our. I think it's is it weird to say typical season launch episode. Like, is that crazy that we've been doing this lo- that long to say that now? That we have a traditional, like, seasonal episode? Yeah, yeah that's good. crazy. But anyways, yes. Welcome into the Inklands. We've arrived. This is the weekend recap and, and our initial impressions and kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think we can, you know, kind of get into it from there. But um, as always, again, everyone, thank you for listening. We couldn't be on our third season without everyone listening and supporting. And so we really appreciate it. Um, if you're listening on you know the, the podcast, any major podcast network, we also have a YouTube channel. We just finished filming our unboxings, which we will definitely be getting into. Um, on our YouTube channel at Illumineers Quest as well, you can follow us on Twitter at Lorcanapod. Uh, we have some fun takes over there every once in a while. Uh, you can email us questions into the show at Lorcanapod at gmail.com. And lastly but not least, if you're looking to buy singles, we have our... TCG player affiliate link, which you can find in the description wherever you're listening slash watching to this. And that's the easiest way to support the podcast. Um, everyone has been doing that thus far. We really, really appreciate it. With the new set, it's a perfect time. We're going to get into prices actually a little bit here for the initial release too. Prices are fantastic um, right off the bat. So quick spoiler there. But with that said, let's get into it. So um, card of the week, Jake, I, I little bit of a spoiler here, but take it away. So today we have maybe an, a non-traditional card of the week, but we have the Sorcerer's Hat, which is our first Chapter 3 card of the card of the app episode. Yeah. Card of the day. Yeah. Um, so Sorcerer's Hat is a two-cost inkable item and amethyst. Yep. And its ability is incredible energy. Exert one ink, name a card, then reveal the top card of your deck. If it's, if it's the named card, put that card in your hand. Otherwise, put it on the top of your deck. That seems like a very underwhelming card. Why would we pick that as our card of the week, Jake? Well, I just got like a sparkly version of it, you know, where it's like... A sparkly version? I, what does that mean? You, you could say it's maybe a little enchanted. Oh, are you saying you pulled an enchanted sorcerer's hat? Yes, I am. Oh, dang, spoiler alert for the stream. If you weren't <laughs> tuned in, Jake did pull an enchanted sorcerer's hat. Um, yeah, I mean, not the most, you know... OP card, if you will, but no, no. a fun one nonetheless. Um, there are, you know, there are actually like a few tools that make that viable outside of the puppy deck. I'm not saying play it by any means, but I'm saying there's a few uh, other abilities slash, uh, not locations. Why am I saying locations? I'm already off on the. There's a few other items slash actions in Amethyst that actually kind of make it viable, and so. I don't think it gets played. I I think we're to the point now where I like am getting better at analyzing cards and understanding. Well, you what's said Milo was going to be good, so 
hey, I said <laughs> there's an opportunity for him to be good. But after talking to Wide Breezy, shout out Wide Breezy, he made it very clear that I hadn't even considered like you don't want to banish a board or like to return a board with like a dragon and a Ursula in your in their on their board. You you want to banish those. You don't want to return them to their hand. You want or a Lady Tremaine or I don't know like a Maui. Like you don't want those going back into people's hands. And so while like there are certain situations where I could see it being good, in general, no, it's probably not. Um, but anyways, getting back to finishing the 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 sorcerer's hat real quick. Uh, I'm look I'm looking at the the other like item slash actions and the bestow. No wait, that's not bestow a gift. That's the the wrong one. It is man. I can, can it it calls me. It's in the action song. It says draw a card, then choose up to three cards from. That is not it either. Wow, I'm like off on my. I don't even know. I'm moving on at this. The boss is on a roll. I know this one's it for sure. Look at the top five cards of your deck. And then sort them into the top or the bottom of your deck. So technically, you could like sort the top five cards and then call those five cards. So, then, so name a card, then reveal the top card of your deck if it's the name. I see you're saying. So for like three turns in a row, so you could like do it and then like draw the next card, and then you would know what the next one is and do it again. So like you could technically like have some, but that again, like I think tempo wise. Anyways, that was taking way longer of a um, of an explanation than I was trying to, but. Sorcerer's hat. Jake got an enchanted. That's the real story of the day. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm one that was not the biggest fans of items, locations, and songs getting enchanteds. But that's one of the best of that group. So, in your opinion, <laughs> I yes, Pride Lands and Sorcerer's Hat are the two okay. of that group that I would want. Okay. So, yes, uh, I was in the RLS Legacy camp, of course, but. Yes, I forgot that one. We were we did have that conversation, but anyways, okay. So, yeah, card of the week, sorcerer's hat. Jason Jake pulled a a enchanted. So and that was not the only enchanted pulled, but we'll get into that. Yes, two were pulled today. Um, news: What's on our mind? League recap. Um, I guess we can quickly touch on like how the league finished. So, I finished in second again. Mm-hmm. Your brother Tyler was fourth, correct? Fourth, yeah. Yeah. So we had, a, and then you were fifth, sixth. Okay, sixth. But you, I think you missed one more day than he yep. did. And so, but still, overall, you know, we were top half of the league. I think there were probably twelve to thirteen consistent yep. people. So overall, good. I think we all got the end Lorcana pin. We all got our promos. That's that's my goal, at least for every chapter to get the Lorcana pin. The, the main one. Yeah, yeah, I, I really love that one too. And now that I'm starting to get the pens, like I'm becoming a Disney pen collector for sure. So there you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, league's finished. Moving on to Inklands, we have sealed event tonight. Um, you guys are both busy with other fun festivities, <laughs> and so by we, I mean I have sealed event tonight. Um, hopefully that goes well. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Maybe I can get some good pulls there. I so a little spoiler alert here. Me and my brother, we both pulled this week, this, today, on release day. We both got enchanted. I think at the event, the sealed event, Zach will get his. <laughs> I mean, I'll take the good juju at this I point. I think he's going to get his. Um, yeah, so I guess, like, getting into the recap, I mean, you know, the news is, I mean, that was like the, the end of the league's kind of the end, and obviously this is the beginning, but um, unfortunately, our local store didn't have stuff at NRSRP till today shockingly mm-hmm. today they said we're going to refund every money everybody money that 
pre-ordered over the price and sell them at MSRP. And so I didn't pre-order or all of my pre-orders weren't at our local gaming store because it just wasn't worth $40 more per box. And so I've only opened a trove. If you will, again, if you watch the stream, I opened eight packs. It was fun. Um, but I don't have much of my cards yet. And so from like that perspective, I can't talk about it. We can talk about what they pulled. So you pulled the Enchanted Sorcerer's Hat. And your brother pulled Enchanted Jafar, which, of course, I mean... <laughs> this is the same person who's pulled Cinderella Enchanted from Chapter 2 and Belle Enchanted from Chapter 1. Which are both at the very... Not the peak. Well, I, the Cinderella's peak of Chapter 2. Belle's towards the top of Chapter 1. And Jafar's very much towards the chop, top of Chapter 3, it's looking like. So... Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got the hot hand. I mean, I we also open sports cards, and he's the hot hand of that group as well, so. Yeah, well, well used to it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, other pulls, though, otherwise. So, I mean, yeah, let's get into it. So, we, we're, we're on opening day here. You got everything. What are, what are, what are your thoughts on the, on the initial openings here? Um, so, my, my box besides, I have to say, um, it was not looking good. I, you were like five packs to go, and I've gotten two legendaries, wasn't it? Yes, and I was getting very little super rares. I I think I got very few. The super rares rares don't, like, that's a weird one to me. I don't really care about that as much. It's more like a legendary versus rare super rare to me, but I yes, I understand what you're saying. Um, so I got I got three legendaries in total, and then the enchanted on top of that. Um, but for the longest time, it was just Milo and Mickey. Were my two legendaries, which are two awkward ones. Which, spoiler alert, the, I got Milo as well for my legendary from the trove, mm -hmm. and we already kind of touched on that because you're making fun of me. No, like I mean, the I just think that um, I, honestly, I, w I was kind of upset with it until well, yeah, I mean, spent some good money on it and then you know not get much of a return, especially again like from a play standpoint. We're both very much in the point now where it's like these are the cards i think i want to play with mm -hmm. and so these are the cards i want to pull which is a very different from what we're normally used to with pokemon or sports yeah. cards or whatever it's all about value and cool yeah and now it's very much you even i think you said on stream it was like i want legendaries to play with yeah so yeah i mean but nonetheless you ended up with a good box um ended up getting a maleficent which was one i was after i i think the craziest um, story here is that in first chapter, your first box on stream, your first box got an enchanted, and in that same enchanted pack, you got a legendary. Yes. And it was an amethyst legendary. Yes, it was. In chapter three, fast forward, first box, enchanted, same pack, amethyst legendary. So yeah, this is a, this is actually my second legendary in Lorcana that I've pulled. Um, enchanted. I, I'm sorry, I yeah. said legendary. Enchanted. Um, I guess I just skipped all together on Chapter 2. Didn't get one there, even though I opened a ton of it. I feel like Chapter 2's pull rates were bad, but I think we just had some terrible luck. But yep. Anyways, yeah, so um, card art. Like, Give me your first thoughts on just like the overall experience opening all these. So I think the art is still fantastic. Um, I think, to me, still Chapter 2 would be the peak of like art so far we're very different see i really like the light fun ink lands so I, i'm not against that at all um it's just when i remember opening chapter two specifically and just like it was just eye-catching like every single card um some of these were a little more under the radar i think 
Um, I don't think they were as eye popping as as chapter two on a consistent level. No, I mean, and again, everybody's you know, I mean, art is like so subjective, Super like subjective. so subjective. But I just really like the fun. Like, I think about, like, the stitch that's on all the packaging. Like, that one's super fun. I pulled that one. Uh, you know, you're more on, like, the spells and the wizards and all the amethyst stuff. I'm very much on, like, the light, fun kind of side of it. So, anyways, but, yeah, I, I, I from what I saw and from the stuff I pulled, I really enjoyed it. I did pull that stitch that I just mentioned that's on all the pack art, the evasive emerald. And, you know, and, and I think it's cool. I think, you know, it, it gives, like, it's all themed very well. You mm-hmm. know, all of their kind of, like... This is more exploration-based. Yeah, Minnie, Minnie's ex- doing her best exploring still. You know, Stitch is, you know, off in the Inklands, like, having a grand old time in his Hawaiian shirt. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's all, all like, been pretty I, good so far. I just saw this out of my, my stack of cards. Probably one of the best starts in Chapter 3, Ursula's Sea Witch. It's the amethyst. This yeah, is- see, I would not pick that one again, but that's like I that's what I mean. Like that one's right up your alley. Mm-hmm. Like very sorcery, you know, a lot of like magic kind of stuff going mm-hmm. on. So I totally get it. Totally makes sense why you would pick that one. So far, I don't know if I have a favorite so far. Um, I mean, I know Kita is obviously like up there on like a lot of people's en- radars. Enchanted Kita is my favorite art in the in the game altogether. In period. In- period chapter oh, wow, okay. chapter one two and three um i think the most fun i've had so far is pulling the puppies i mean i know that's crazy but they're they're there right like they're it's a it's a it's like a sub hunt you know oh for sure i i've got two dogs i love dogs the puppies are just really fun to get and given again we talked about this when they initially released it that the four variants of the puppy card the uh the dalmatian puppy like that's the actual name of the card is really cool. I love that idea a lot. Is there only four? There's five, right? Um, no, you're right. There are five. There's just one missing. Oh no, I, they're just out of order from the list I'm looking at. So yeah, five. Um, I think I I pulled one Dalmatian puppy, one Rolly, and then one Lucky, uh, one Lucky, and then the the action whatever the 99, the 99 puppies. puppies. Yeah, I, you beat me to it. Everyone um, calls it Puppy Cannon, I believe. Right? Is that the one they call Puppy Cannon? I haven't seen that, but that's funny. I mean, I'll take it. I forget. There's something that they call Puppy Cannon. The community calls it Puppy Cannon. Yeah. I mean, that's hilarious. So <laughs> I'm, I'm on board with it. Um, okay, first first uh, reaction to unboxing locations. Um, honestly, they came out a lot more frequently than I thought they were going to. I had one pack with three of them. Um, like, I just can't, like, I think you got them on a con- consistent level. Um, Which, I mean, there are a lot of common and uncommon locations, and so, I mean, I, I think most of them are common and uncommon, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So I guess that makes sense, but there's, comparatively to the whole bunch, there's not that many, so I, I see what you're saying. And, I mean, there's there's three per ink, officially. There's three locations yep. per ink. Um, and so, like, every once in a while, I'd pull a rare um, location. Um, it wasn't super frequent. But I don't know, I think... Depending on how much they're played, which we'll get into, um, with how much they are being played right now, um, it could be good, could be a bad thing. Well, let's just get into it then. I mean, we're okay. talking first impressions and play and everything like that. So, um, what what do you think? How, are they going to be played? Are I mean, are they going to be impactful? Like, what are your what are you saying? So, I think it's changing the pace of the game overall. I think is what. It gives every deck the ability to have a timer on it, like you had with Spellbook and Flutes. Mm-hmm. 
And so, yes, I agree. I think the pace has very much changed. Um, I don't think it's an every deck thing like I maybe initially thought it would be. Um, there are definitely decks where it doesn't make sense. There are definitely decks where it makes sense. And I've been trying to kind of find that rhythm, I guess, if you will. Like, I mean, for instance, there's cards that, like, directly deal with locations. Like John Silver, um, Greedy Treasure Seeker. He has locations in his kit. For each location you have in play, this character gains resist plus one and get, gets one more. Like, that's directly built into The three-cost inkable steel card. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a deck that I've built with him that I've tinkered around with a lot. Um, I think I'm getting ready to take him out of it because it was trying to do too much. And he wasn't, like, the focal point, so I ended up usually just inking him. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, like, the pirate deck? Is, like, it, is that becoming a thing? I it's I don't know if it's like super I, I again the meta is so early and we're gonna talk about that a little bit more in depth here in a second but I I don't know if it'll be like the most competitive thing I think you're gonna still have your ruby amethyst you're still gonna have your amethyst steel you're still gonna have your steel song you're still gonna have like emerald steel is making you know a little bit more of a punch up now um, so I I don't know like it, it's compet like it's super competitive like tier one viability. But I think it is a lot of fun to play from what I've seen. And I mean, the, I think more and more we're going to see the the keywords like from here on I out. really like that too. I really like it to where you're having that ability to be more flexible with kings and queens and princesses and princes and one, pirates. and. At one point or another, we will get a royals deck, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, it, it has to happen. But any, anyways, a little bit off topic. So the I guess I should go into the pirates deck a little bit. So the pirates deck is... Um, with the Jolly Roger and the RLS Legacy, and then all your pirate characters from Ruby and Steel. Um, the the Jolly Roger is probably my favorite location because it gives anybody that moves there a rush. Yeah. And so you can basically catch anyone off guard. I think uh, Aladdin Heroic Outlaws back in the books to be really scary. Yeah. Um, sure. I think the pirates so the pirates in general are really cool so it's very location based because you want jolly roger you want rls legacy and then agroba is pretty aggro based as well because it's giving you two lore per turn and then with all of the pirates can move to the jolly roger for free and so that again gives you more ammo to get into the rushing of characters and then on top of that you have john silver which you just mentioned which gets resist plus one and plus one lore per turn with each location and so if you have a jolly roger on board you have an agrabah on board and then you play jim hawkins and get an rls legacy on board that's a lot of locations for mr john silver to quest with or to have resist to challenge with that would that would be if you had those three locations that would be four lore three plus three resist and so basically impossible to take down yeah <laughs> essentially <laughs> i mean he's basically better than big cinderella or cinderella style harder at that point yeah I mean, but we're not saying three locations on the board is easy. It's, no, it's no. Not. I mean, again, you know, so getting, so let's take a quick little step back here and kind of talk about like how the meta has started to evolve and then get into some of the stuff that I've been playing. Um, so far, it's been very, very gimmicky, I would say. Mm -hmm. You know, the Jafar stuff, I think, is viable. And so what I mean by the Jafar stuff, for anybody that's not um, super up into the, the meta or talks or been on to see what decks are starting to be brewed, the new... Uh, Amethyst Jafar that Tyler pulled the legend or the enchanted for and the legendary the Jafar <laughs> striking illusionist the shift five uh, seven cost inkable and amethyst he's evasive 
Shifts five and has the ability that says during your turn while this card this character is exerted, whenever you draw a card, gain one lore. So he sings a whole new world, he gains seven lore, you find another whole new world and hard cast it to get another seven lore, so that's fourteen lore in one turn potentially. I have done it a couple times. I've played online, I've gotten it to work, but I feel like you're just trying so hard to make that happen that everything else kind of falls by the wayside. And so maybe my mindset just isn't right, like playing up to that point. Um, but you also have the new Emerald Ursulas. The Emerald Ursula that, when on play, makes you discard a card. And then the new Legendary Ursula that double sings songs. And so you have Ursula Deceiver that makes you discard a song card of your choice. So the, the player of Ursula's choice, we've talked about that one quite a bit. Um, and then you've got the legendary Ursula, the Ursula Deceiver of All, um, and it says whenever this character sings a song, you may play that song from your discard again for free and then put it at the bottom of your deck. And so not only do you get to use it twice, but you also have it available to you to use again if you ever get to a, you know, a later game scenario. And so I think between being able to discard cards with the first Ursula that can get rid of a whole new worlds, and then you have the legendary Ursula that can double sing Strength of a Raging Fire that puts four damage on him, and then you play Tinkerbell or something else and he dies. And so if you're just playing up to that one, like, sing Whole New World with Jafar, it's just not... It, it's good, yeah, don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm not saying it's not good, because it's definitely good. It's just not, like, as game-breakingly busted, I think, as a lot of people thought. I mean, it, it was at one point, but not, not anymore. It's still good. I'm not saying it's not good. I think it's just... If you're singing a whole new world, you're obviously replenishing your opponent's hand. And we know that, that there are a lot of potential negatives to that. So like if you sing a whole new world and you, your opponent pulls into like a couple grab your swords or a big Tinkerbell or something that can deal with it, then or can deal with your board potentially or be prepared or something else that can like deal with your board presence, then again, you're like back into the I have to build up to this to like get to that place where he can be effective again. And so, is it good? Yes. Is it game-breakingly busted? I don't think so. Mm -mm. The second kind of gimmicky meta thing that's come up that I kind of jumped on the hype with was the Tiana's Bayou, Sheriff of Nottingham, and then Relentless Beast Wheel. Loop. Loop, if you will. L like, Limitless Loop, yeah. Um, and so, the way that that works is the Sheriff of Nottingham has the ability in steel that says anytime you discard a card, deal one damage to chosen opposing character. And then Tiana's Bayou, anytime somebody quests in Tiana's Bayou, it says draw one card and then choose and discard a card. And so that kind of feeds the Sheriff of Nottingham. And then Beast Relentless can quest in Tiana's Bayou, which his ability says anytime somebody's dealt damage, ready this character so that he can quest again. And so he quests... Tiana's Bayou then draws a card and discards one, and then Sheriff does the damage, and then you continue to do it. And so as long as you have somebody on board with six, or, or multiple characters on board with five or six willpower, then you end up with 10 or 12 lore. Yeah. Or, or five, yeah, ten, yeah, 10 or 12 lore. And so I went from four down four to 19 to winning the game in one turn using that wheel. Um, and so... Again, do I think it's good? Sure. 
Do I think it's busted? No. There are just too many variables that have to be in play to make that work. Mm -hmm. And with the Bayou only having three strength, if you don't play Sheriff and Bayou on the turn that you're ready to like quest with Beast, then it's getting taken out and the, and the loop is broken and it doesn't matter. Well, that's and that's the thing that you know I think needs to be talked about more is like it doesn't have to be Ruby Amethyst control. But control decks are always going to be the meta, no matter what. I mean, just having that control of the game, right? It's it's the pressure is on your opponent usually. Um, those and those less gimmicky decks, you know, like the the Jafar on Whole New World is kind of gimmicky. The the Beast Nottingham Bayou wheel, little gimmicky. Yeah. I think just having like a basic control deck, like I think the the new Emerald control deck is going to be incredible. I think that'll be a top three meta deck. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that some aggro stuff, you know, is going to definitely come out and be a little bit better than it has been. But you're right. And when I mean when I say gimmicky, I also mean like just not consistent. Mm-hmm. So gimmicky slash not consistent. You can throw both of those in there at the same same meaning. Um, and then I have to throw another one in here because I'm, I'm sure I don't know if you've seen this. You haven't you haven't shown me that you've seen it yet. But two pride rock or pride lands, two Simbas in those pride lands, and then a Which Merlin. Simba? The doesn't matter, just a Simba or any any prince or okay. princess or any any one that you know the pride lands. I guess I should say through all of these as I'm going through it. So the pride lands says. Um, if you have a prince or king character, you play one less for the next character in play. So it could technically be any, but it's most people done it with Simba Protective Cub just because he's you know the cheapest prince slash king available. Um, and then so two Pride Lands, a Simba in each, and so you get two off of the next character you play. And then if you have from chapter two the unplayed Merlin. Uh, from the set you have Merlin shapeshifter it says whenever one of your characters returns um, is returned to your hand from play this character gains one lore and so again this is how like crazy these gimmicks have gotten so two two pride lands already crazy two Simbas in those pride lands even more crazy Merlin on board even more crazy and then you just loop wheel snakes on each other uh, Madame Mim snakes and then Merlin just continues to go and until he quests for 50. So, again, is it possible? Sure. Wait, you could do how it. Does he, how does he quest? So what are you returning? You're returning the Simbas? You, no, you, 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 something else is on, again, something else is on board to begin with. And you return that for a snake. And then a snake is on board. And oh, you have another you snake in your snakes. hand. And you bake the, bounce this snake back from the other snake. And then you bounce the other snake back from the other snake. And you just keep going until he's got like 60 lore. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to actually quest now. I think the relentless loop is a little better, but... Yeah, again, like that. there's like seven cards involved mm-hmm. in making that work. So that one is 100% a gimmick and probably not actually viable at all. But the point I'm trying to make is, is the meta... So taking a step back from all that, like that last five to six minute rant. The meta has very much thus far into Inklands been pretty gimmicky or not very consistent. I think there are pieces that will very much be important into decks, but I don't see like an actual like brew that's like the new meta yet. And that I think it's interesting to have those gimmicky cuz like I, I I play a game called Marvel Snap 
and there's always those decks that if you hit the combo you want, it's absolutely unbeatable. And it's really fun. Like if it's you unbeatable. Want, if you want to go into locals with like a beast loop deck, please do. I I took a video and I from playing online and posted it to the, our our Twitter account and showed that four to nineteen like win. Actually, I don't think it was that one. I think it was one that I did before that. But the point is like it's really fun. And yeah. it's great, and it's a super fun time to do that with. It's just not going to happen every game, and it's not going to be incredibly consistent. And so, do we know what the meta looks like yet? No, but I think we know what a lot of the good pieces look like. Yeah, sure. So, like, next week, we're probably going to put out our way-too-early tier list like we always do. Yep. And I think we're getting there. Like, we know some S-tier cards. We know Jafar's probably up there. We know Ursula is definitely up there. Both Ursula's, I would say. Yeah, both Ursula's are definitely up there. I would say Pluto is probably up there. I would say Bare Necessities is probably up there. I'm, I might I might put Kita somewhere up there. Yeah, I would I say Kita's probably up there too. I think there hasn't been a ton of Ruby play, so I, I honestly, which is kind of crazy to say, yeah, because Ruby's usually like the big the big bad one to go after. Um, but again, I think there's been so many fun gimmicks that people have been playing around with that that's kind of gotten lost, but. Um, I, I really, I, I've enjoyed this, the playing of this thus far way more than any other set because there's just been so much variety. I mean, and, and it's all so new, like all of the concepts that we're playing with are so new. Yeah. I mean, the locations are so new. I was very much against those at first, which I know I've said I'm backtracking on that big time because it is a ton of fun. Um, I think it adds a completely different dynamic to the game. I think my favorite location that I've played with thus far, again, the Jolly Roger is probably my favorite one overall, but the favorite one I've played with is probably Fang, River City, and mm -hmm. Emerald. Um, gives everybody ward and evasive. And so uh, the, I think the, the most fun thing I did with that was have John Silver, the Emerald John Silver from Chapter 1 in mm. Fang. And he was just sitting there questing and like giving people uh, reckless... And they couldn't do anything. Like it, it, they can't take him out. I was playing an opponent that You're didn't have. You're basically freezing them. Yeah, and so and they and at one point I had two of them on board, both in sure. Fang, and there's just nothing you can do about that. You have to take out Fang, but it has like six willpower, and that's a lot to to take out. Mm -hmm. And so you just there's anyways. So yeah, I I like the diverse meta thus far. I like a lot of the kind of pieces. I, you know, the John Silver from Steel that you talked about. I like that a lot. I like a lot of the new removal and Ruby, like the Prince Eric and the Madame Medusa, I think are both pretty great. Um, from Emerald, we talked about the Ursula's plenty already. I like a lot of the speed up tools that you're getting in uh, in Amber with the Plutos uh, and the Heart of Atlantis. I don't think the Heart of Atlantis gets a lot of play, but it, you know it's that same idea that you have with Amber and the Lanterns to um, speed up the amount of ink that you can get out. So I, I really enjoy the the way that this is kind of shaping up. No, for sure, and I think um, I think there's a lot more theory crafting to be had. Like we're not even like I think a card that we will see in the in the not the not so distant future we'll see. I think we'll see meta Kita play. I, th I Kita is going to probably be the most important aggro card. And I say that because if you can go in and like slap her down, like turn five or six, maybe you don't even have to shift her. Like that basically like kneecaps your opponent to not being able to challenge. And if you're on an aggro deck, your opponent pretty much like has to challenge and take off your stuff. Yep. And so a lot of times in the aggro space, all you need is one more turn. 
And if Keita goes in and gives you that one more turn by by basically making it to where your opponent can't challenge, well, challenge successfully at least, then she wins you the game. Yeah, I mean, and that I think that will bring a lot of interesting, like, I think that might bring challenger in a bigger role than it already is. Support. I've, Support I've, thought, I've thought a ton about Alice. I know I, I don't... Uh, from chapter two, that gives everybody support, or that gives all your other cards support. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much willpower in some of these locations that having that support that you could use to to pump up other cards to like one shot those locations. Yes. Again, do I think do I have the answer to how that would all work? No. Do I think it is something that could really help deal with locations? Sure. Yeah. Same same thing, like you said, or, or the queen or um, challenger. To your point, I think are all really important. Um, the one like big kind of guess, I guess, that I made going into the set was some keyword that you'd get to challenge into locations like challenger for more strength, and we didn't get that. And so I think challenger and support both become more important. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I mean Chernabog. We got, let's talk about Chernabog for a second. I I just I want him to be good. I think he will be. I think I don't think he's like. I'm trying to think of a like of somebody else of like his impact on the game. Like he's probably like a bell, like for a sapphire or a sapphire bell from chapter one. Mm-hmm. Um, what's God? What's her subtext? Special, strange, strange but special. special, strange but special. Um, like. She can come on board and like not be impactful, or she can come on board and be incredibly impactful. Yep. I think Chernabog can have has the potential to be one of the most impactful cards in a given game, but it can also be really cumbersome and not do anything. Well, the the thing, and again, this could all change because we're seeing, like you said, less Ruby at the beginning at least, is direct removal, um, which would be his main enemy. But is that a good thing if he's being direct removed because he doesn't really have an ability? That helps the entire game out. So is him being yeah. a target a good thing? That's that's a good point too. And and you know the new removal that we're get that we've gotten with Madame Medusa, um, and or mainly Madame Medusa. I know a lot of people have started to shift a couple Madame Medusas into their lists. Um, and her ability says whenever you play this character, banish chosen opposing character with three strength or less. And so it's a little bit of Dragonfire and a little bit of Lady Tremaine in the sense that. You get to pick like Dragonfire, but there's a quantifier to it like Lady Tremaine. And so Chernabog can't be banished by, you know, Madame Medusa. And so depending on the, the meta removal, maybe he is more impactful, maybe he's not, who knows. Um, so read that card one more time for me. When you play this character, banish chosen opposing character with three strength or less. Kita. Kita working with that. And, yeah, I, people have definitely and, put and that. And Queen working into that as well. People have definitely put those two into like the Mufasa deck. Oh my gosh, I want that now. I might. I might. I, 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 I like that. Mufasa's got a lot. I, I haven't personally like really dug into the new Mufasa meta yet, but the Mufasa got a lot of new tools between Kida and between Madame Medusa and that combo that you kind of just mentioned. I think there's a lot of cool ways to like keep that engine churning mm-hmm. um pluto another one you know we've talked a little bit about not necessarily even the bodyguard pluto but the 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 initial opening pluto uh the pluto friendly pooch that says exert pay one less for the next character you play this turn so again like you know be very aggressive with your 
um, getting characters on board. You know, Mufasa comes in, maybe a turn or even two earlier. Um, so yeah, I think that there's a lot. Again, you know, Amber's doing a good job of speeding up the meta there. Absolutely. Um, what else? What else do we need to talk about here? Um, we talked a little bit about locations. The big, the biggest thing I can see with locations is right now they're really annoying to remove. I just, I, I don't, I don't know like the pace at how you're supposed to remove locations. Well, because like, be prepared obviously does not clear them. There's just not a good way to deal with them. I mean, they have so much willpower. So again, like going back to support or challenger or whatever, like McDuck Manor, for instance. I was playing somebody that was using this the other day. It's a four cost inkable in Sapphire, nine willpower, nine. And it has two passive lore per turn. You know how many people it takes to take out nine willpower? It takes one turn to bog. So maybe that... I, I don't know. There, there's so many interesting things. It's like, well, if this becomes meta, then this counters it. Well, if that becomes meta, then this counters it. That's and a good it, point. You know, like, That's a good point. There's so... I, I feel like at this point, there's so many answers, but those things have to become meta first. And you have to have a very good, well-polished package, which I haven't really figured out. I, I've played a ton of Emerald Steel... I don't feel like my package is like very tight yet. It definitely needs some refinement. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just, I, I don't, every time I'm going in to like my card, uh, my initial draw and my initial mulligan, it's like, I don't know what to do. It's like, I, do I need this location now? Do I play them later game to start to put the pressure on for them to have to attack the locations mm -hmm. while you're keeping characters on board? It's just a very different dynamic to the point you made Absolutely. to start this with. So. Yeah, um, it, it's a crazy one. Uh, I think uh, any, any final comments on that? I think before we wrap up, like the initial thoughts on the release and all that sort of stuff. No, I mean I. So I'll just say this: I haven't played a game yet in in chapter three, so I'm I'm getting my information from from you from other sources online that are talking about it. So I I've not had any personal personal experience with with it yet. Um, but obviously, I'm, I'm getting these from credible sources and stuff like that. Um, so it, it's all... I think I'll just go back to my point here. Like, it depends on what is being played. Yeah, that's fair. It all depends on what is being played and what is being considered a meta. I'm Okay, here's my super early, way too early initial predictions for meta decks. I think Mufasa is going to continue to be really good. I think... Ruby Amethyst is, I mean, as many, as many tools as there are now to deal with Ruby Amethyst, I still think it'll be top tier. Uh, I think you're still going to have Steel Song. I think it takes a step back. I think it's still good. I just don't think it's like the cream of the crop like it has been. I think Emerald Steel will be up there in the top echelon, like vying for the top deck and taking a big leap forward. And then... I really, really hope Sapphire Steel is as good as it was this set. Um, I'm not convinced yet. I think it has the potential, but I, I that one I haven't really cracked at all as much as I've tried. But that that's my like way too early meta prediction for the for the set. No, absolutely. Um, okay, last thing I think we have to that we need to comment on is we've talked about this 15 times across 15 different episodes. Um, and our show's history on like the state of Lorcana availability and, and product market. pricing and market and everything. And so we're, you know, 10 hours into release now of, of the product. 
and want to go through like just kind of some of the the meta cards and the costs and how everything is if you're getting into Lorcana now it is a immaculate time an immaculate time 100 percent. and we just met um two people at league that are just getting in and we we've told them like i've i think this is the best time like value wise to get for in. sure so looking at the set before today booster or before like this set booster boxes on release were chapter one what four hundred dollars mm-hmm. chapter two probably 230 um i'm we're looking at tcg player right now and there's 50 listings with the average price being 124 which is under msrp which is incredible i can't tell you how excited i am for that no that's absolutely like i just well done Ravensburger overall i just think that they really are cementing the fact that we want this to be a, a game to be played. Yes, that's what I was going to say. That's That was perfectly said because obviously they want it to be collected like it is a trading card game and those are very much meant to be collected as well. But if the collectors run the market, then it dies because it's like I, I'm big into esports. Like if you don't have a competitive scene for your game, then there's a lot, there's not near as much content to be involved in and so it makes it die out faster but when you can have a league that you go to and you have friendships that you can make like we have then it just you know makes you want to continue to bond over that and have fun playing the game Mm -hmm. and so i'm super excited that the the prices are incredibly reasonable like going through the list of cards and the individual card value um again you know if you're wanting to play you know emerald or amethyst are probably the two biggest ones that are getting hype right now steel is obviously a massive um, hype one as well i think steel will continue to be really really strong the highest costing legendary as of this second is 24 dollars, and that's ridiculous and that's for both jafar and ursula legendaries and that's incredible given the cost of like be selfless protector which are not selfless protector Relics. um uh no emo beast, emo beast. the tragic hero. Uh, tragic hero from chapter two and rapunzel um from chapter one both really really were important in the meta and you'd have to spend a hundred and fifty dollars to get play sets of them yes and so that's really i mean you can get a play set of the most important card in your deck for a hundred dollars I know that's a lot of money. I'm not saying that's not a lot of money, but that's way more reasonable than 150, 160. And we're also, like I said, 10 hours in here. That could, you know, those could very well come down even more mm-hmm. over the next, you know, two or three days as the opening weekend gets finished and everybody opens all their stuff. Um, looking at the rest of the legendaries, you've got the Robin Hood um, champion of Sherwood, the Steel Legendary for $22. You've got Jim Hawkins, Space Traveler, for $12. Um, and then it like drops off massively. You've got Gramatala for $6. You've got Kita for $6. You've got Morph, who's not even a legendary, for $3. You've got Perdita, uh, legendary, $5. Lucky Dime, legendary item, and Sapphire, $3. So like everything is incredibly reasonable outside of those two cards, which given the context... Is still pretty reasonable too. And you know what this does? This just encourages theory crafting, because cards are so much easier and cheaper to obtain. And you can, you know, maybe this deck that you're thinking of doesn't work out well. 
You didn't spend as much as you did in chapter two and chapter one. You don't feel like glued to it. Absolutely. Or if the meta shifts, you're not glued to something. Like if you need to go pick up a copy of, and then along came Zeus for a dollar seventy five, you just go do it. Yeah, I like, like I'm. I really would like to work out a Kita deck of some sort. I like. I'm, I'm sure you've go buy a playset for twenty bucks. Why not? Right? Like, I know for some people that. That's not doable, and that and that's perfectly understandable. That's um, that's I don't, I don't, you're definitely right, but that's that's the price of a starter deck. Yeah, like twenty dollars. That's for insane. four legendaries. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it, it's awesome. So, anyways, the point the only point I wanted to try to make with that is, is two main things. One, if you're getting into the game, it's an incredibly good time. Two, if you're trying to get into the new meta and trying to upgrade your decks. Um, Obviously, it's fun to open packs and to try chase enchanteds and to you know to open some pulls, but all the legendaries and all the rares and super rares that you would ever want for chapter three are all very very approachable right now. Absolutely. Um, okay, I think that's our opening week. I mean, it's been it's been really fun playing and to try to understand the meta thus far, and very fun opening the packs opening day like we have. Any final thoughts? I'm just, I think it's really positive. Like, chapter two, I remember the opening, the release day was a little weird. It was very bad because there was still just so many chapter one cards that we needed that we were hyped for the new stuff, but it's like, well, I still need so many other cards that I can't get, and they were still relatively hard. And this does very much feel like a, we're in the, the thick of it, and we're ready to go. Yes, and I think that's the overall feeling, and it's a positive feeling. Huge, yeah. Very, very fun day. Very positive times ahead for the set, I feel like. Um, and now it's time to put on my Rocky montage and get ready for the Stitch Rockstar promo card. I hope we don't get copyrighted for that. No. We're good? No, we're not, we're not, we're not that talented. Yeah, sure. Um, but anyways, yeah, everyone, thanks for hanging out. As always, we appreciate the support, and um, welcome it, welcome to the Inklands. We'll be here all, all season. So in, in, in the Inklands, we'll be there. Yeah, the we will time. be. Right. Um, I'm going to be chilling at Fang in the Inklands, but you know, RLS legacy, brother. Come on. Well, that's true. Cause that can take us out of the Inklands into the next set when that time comes. Chapter so. four. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye guys. Thank you.